0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast where current and aspirational entrepreneurs can learn skills and get inspired to take their business to the next level. I'm Ellen Barton and today my guest is Elizabeth Ice. Elizabeth is the founder and CEO of Results Resourcing, and prior to this, Elizabeth has helped to run multi-billion dollar organizations, as well as a variety of startups. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Ellen. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm really happy to have you. I know you bring with you a wealth of experience and knowledge and insight, and I've got lots of questions for you. So right now you, you run your own company and I want to talk to you about that and your offerings because I think that's really interesting. But before we go there, I am just dying to know you've worked in corporate, you've worked in startups, now you're in your own startup. So each of these has its pluses and its minuses. Which, which one is your
1: favorite? Oh, that's a terrific question. I, I guess I would say that what I'm doing now is my favorite. But then I also think that The years that I spent in corporate America was just um, an amazing preparation time. I did a lot of really interesting work in in large corporate America, and I I got a lot of training in structure and critical thinking and a lot of skills that uh, big companies can help smaller, more nimble companies develop. And I think it's helped me appreciate being in the entrepreneurial space, because I have a, a foundation for a lot of the things that I think in the long run help smaller companies be successful, because to scale, you, you need to have structure, you need to have processes, you need to, you know, have a, a, a broader range of thinking uh, to take your ideas and, and, and make them work in a, in a big way.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is interesting. You do bring a very interesting perspective to the whole startup entrepreneurial world because you do have that background, you have a tech background and the strategic brain. So that's, you know, fascinating to me. And that's the trifecta, you know, that's that's (laughs) awesome. What, when you were thinking about going out and starting your own business, was that a tough decision or what things did you have to think about?
1: Well, it was an interesting period of time because I had worked in the insurance industry actually for, for many years and in the commercial arena, so I was really focused on making risk decisions for insurance companies about what what made it a successful commercial business, and why? and 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 when a business wasn't successful, why was that? And so I learned a lot about what makes businesses tick uh, in in that insurance arena. And after a number of years, and i I moved from you know desk level decision making into leadership, I felt at, a, at some point a bit typecast, frankly, as an insurance executive, and at that point in time, I was ready to do something different, and that's when I had a very interesting opportunity to join a startup uh, in, the, in the knowledge work space, in the expertise location space. You know, how do you make knowledge workers and expertise available on demand to people that need it? And it was a really intriguing concept, and it was technology-based, and so I, I basically took the plunge. So it wasn't a very hard decision, but I think I had worked my way up to optimizing the opportunities that had been available to me in the insurance industry, and I was ready to make a change. So I really do like what I'm doing the best now, but I, I think I had that a, a great wealth experience, you know, throughout the many years before I got to that decision of joining my first startup.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really sounds like it. Although I don't think you should downplay that move. That was a brave move
1: to go <laughs> from you. that
0: secure corporate position to something that was a little bit more risky. And I think it's something that not everybody would have done. So that's, it's interesting that you took that leap.
1: Well, I think that to me, life is all about taking calculated risks. And, you know, there's a, a balance between security and, and happiness too and it's finding the right mix, you know, f- for each person. And as I was saying, I had a really a, a very enjoyable career, but it had gotten to the point where I, I needed and wanted to do something different to be fulfilled. And so it was is finding the right opportunity that balanced that risk and reward. And I think that anybody thinking about entrepreneurship, that balance is important. And I think it's also important not to think of entrepreneurship as necessarily, oh, freedom. I mean, in, in some respects it is. You're free to create and do new things, but you're also free to deal with all the, the headaches of running a business and building structure, building process, which for many people just came with a job, and you, you don't think about it. So entrepreneurship really does require people to, to have a good idea and think strategically about what are all the underpinnings that need to be in place to make that idea succeed. So I think entrepreneurship is is very tantalizing to a lot of people, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think people need to think about the balance of the work that's going to be required to, to really make an idea sing and uh, and, and that balance between the, the risk and the reward.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I don't really know any entrepreneurs that haven't had the at least occasional fantasy of, oh, (laughs) wouldn't it be awesome to just get a paycheck you know, (laughs) and walk away at the end of the day? Because it's something many of us find that we, many small business owners certainly are always, you know, your, your business is always there with you and often needing attention. And if you're not actually working on it, a lot of times you're thinking about it. It's, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse, I guess.
1: Well, I think that's a good point, that that I think entrepreneurship, the challenge is finding something that you would want to do anyway, that yeah. you're just passionate about it. You've just got a great idea that you want to to get off the ground. And then, it, it, you know, that, that old saying, you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think there's some truth to that. I mean, it is hard work, but it, it can also be extremely fulfilling and rewarding
0: yeah, absolutely. So so for you, with your business, what is, your, what is that part that you love so much?
1: Well, I definitely love the, the discovery of, of a hole in whatever, the hole in the market, a, a problem that's unsolved, mm. where, where I feel I have some unique ideas, some talents to bear to find a, a solution that will solve that problem. And so I I really enjoy finding those holes and figuring out how to build systems and processes that are scalable to solve that problem. And so it, to me it starts with you know getting your feet on the ground and being out in the marketplace in in whatever arena is exciting to you and and really finding as a user or, or a part an active participant in that market you know what's what works and what doesn't work and, and looking for that gap and then zeroing in on that gap to, to create solutions. And I think that that, that creativity is is extremely intriguing to me. I, I love to solve problems and I love to solve problems in a scalable way and share those, those solutions with others so they can be more successful. I over, over time I've really come to realize that I feel like my purpose is really to enable the purpose of others and that's what my current company, Results Resourcing, is all about—really helping people get the the talent that they need to fulfill their purpose, whatever that business is. And uh, th- that's kind of been the string that's that's been with me for the last couple of decades, you know, when in in entrepreneurship.
0: Well, that's a great answer, Elizabeth. And I I just love everything you have to say so far. This is, <laughs> Thank I I you. just it's really resonating with me and. I'm excited to continue to get to know you better, you know, beyond this interview and just to, you know, I, I feel that we we could be friends, Elizabeth. Like this Absolutely. Is <laughs> well,
1: life-wise, I've, awesome. I've admired your, you know, the companies that you've built and all the the things you continue to branch out into. So I think that it was uh, just fortuitous that we met.
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely feel a kindred spirit here. Everything that you've just said segues nicely into my next question and it's about your company. So in your bio, you call Results Resourcing an online concierge freelance talent platform and service. And I would like you to explain exactly what it is you do. Like, what does that mean exactly? Because many of our listeners may not know. Huh, this is a, a newer way of thinking of, you know, providing talent or, or employees or workers. I shouldn't say employees.
1: Well, if I may, I'll just share a quick story because it 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 really talks about how I, I I joined how I joined a startup and I learned a lot about technology databases and I just immersed myself in this this whole notion of expertise location and how could you find human beings on demand when you needed them to help you solve a problem and that's really what that first startup was was all about. And over time, both working for startups and consulting, I would f- need to find people who were really talented to join the team for some period of time that we needed that expertise. Not, not as full-time employees. Of course, we had those too, but someone specialized in, in, in whatever it was for a particular project. And I got really good at finding talented freelancers, people who are independent contractors professional independent contractors that were able to come in, work on a problem with you, and be part of your team. But they had other clients too. And they were people that were really highly skilled, but weren't necessarily people that a startup could attract or could afford as an employee. And so as I would bring these really talented freelancers on projects with me or, or to work in a, in a given startup, my clients noticed that, wow, that you know, Ellen is a is a really talented in X, Y, or Z field, and I know she's on your project team. We can't hire Ellen for our project, but can you find us an Ellen? And that's really how the whole thing started. It was that was the gap. How do you find a talented freelancer to come, bring expertise on demand to your company, so you don't have to necessarily hire an employee right away when you don't necessarily need an employee right away. And that was that was the, the opportunity that, w- that was staring me in the face. And so, what ended up happening was I would find talent for people, free, freelancers for my for my clients. But then I realized they didn't just want my word for it that you know this person was great or that they wanted to be able to compare and look at resumes and and understand why I'd recommended one or the other. And so over time, I decided that it was more important than just looking at profiles that you can get on almost any platform these days or, or a LinkedIn profile, that there needed to be a human element to to talent curation. And that while technology was great is at putting talent in front of buyers that need to hire it for a project, the technology really didn't offer any human involvement that would help me understand the nuances of, of talent. And so what results resourcing is, is really a blend of a a, a staffing agency, the human interaction that comes with the staffing agency that does talent curation with the efficiency of a technology platform. And so we use technology to take all the labor out of finding a network of talented individuals. And through technology, the best candidates are surfaced through technology for humans to then interview And that's where the the high-touch curation part of our service comes in, the concierge part, because we use technology to find people. Then we use humans to vet them and interview them and present to our clients a talent pool of people that we think are really well-matched to their project needs based on skill, experience, cost, and cultural fit. And those are all important elements to any successful project. And so that's really the short story about how the idea for the company came about and, and what drove us to build the technology the way we built it. And our particular focus is on smaller companies, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small and mid sized businesses that need top talent but don't necessarily need it full time and shouldn't necessarily, you know, add to their Overhead by hiring full time when they can get unbelievable talent on a freelance basis to step in for these projects or or some of the non-core work. And so it had to be efficient as well as high touch to bring that unique value to this market segment. And that's really what we've sought to do.
0: That is so brilliant, Elizabeth. And I love <laughs> how you just described that. And the whole thing about the human element, is very interesting because I think so many companies, I think that many companies these days have a feeling about going in the other direction, just making everything tech and super efficient and, and using AI and machines and all of this, and they forget we need that human element. And you're so brilliant to make that a core of your business and to recognize that there, there's still something people still want to work with people. They still do business with people that they like. And there's still something about being able to discern those, like you said, nuances of who's likely to be a good fit.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a really important, you know, way to to state it. There, There's just people want to do business with humans. And then the other thing that I find interesting about the equation is that particularly smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and the fact that the world is so digitally um, oriented these days, people get into a mindset of doing it yourself and that, you know, Oh, I can just go online and find people, or I can just ask my neighbors about who's good at this or that. And I think there's a very strong temptation to do that these days. But I think that one of the elements of curation is that you can outsource that curation process to somebody that has the wherewithal to do it for you, that apply that expertise to save you time, that people's time is money. So even if you can technically do it yourself, should you? And there's, a you know, if you go back to Peter Drucker, who's been around for decades, you know, one of his mantras was do what you do best and outsource the rest. And so I think that that's actually a perfect description of of why the gig economy or the freelance economy is emerging is because we have technology that makes it easy for buyers and sellers to exchange talent. But then I think there's more and more focus on finding the specialization that can step in. And then what we're doing is simply another example of that specialization rather than spending five or six hours looking for somebody and not really getting the result you need, outsource to a service or people that can do that for you Uh, bringing both the leveraging the technology, but still bringing that, that human touch to play. So you get somebody that, that checks all the boxes that you're looking for.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you said it, you said, you said gig economy. I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) So um, thanks for bringing it up, but I did want to kind of get you to define what that is and talk about why why now you know why is this just exploding now and what types of people are attracted to working in this way we talked about people who are hiring from the gig economy pool for specialized positions or tasks that they can't or don't want to do themselves but what types of workers are putting themselves out there as professionals
1: in this gig economy A lot of great questions there. And let me start with just what the gig economy is. And basically I've I've researched this a number of times, but the closest I can come is that gig kind of refers back to the, the field of music and that musicians would play gigs. They would come and play a concert or, you know, perform at a, at a location. And those were musical gigs. And so using that same analogy, there are more and more people that work on an independent contract basis that do gigs too. Their gigs just happen to be bookkeeping or graphic design or copywriting or project management. You know, those would be just virtual assistants. Those are very common examples, uh, website creation. You know, it's not just technology. It's it's all kinds of different services that, that people are performing on a contract basis for people. And the so, there've always been gig workers, whether they're musicians or a bookkeeper that you hire or a temporary worker but what's really propelling this forward today is technology and the fact that you know people have computers you know in their phones, and you can go on to technology platforms and whether it's linkedin or or upwork there's in many, many places where you can go in and and say, I need somebody to go do X, Y, or Z, and, and profiles of people will come up. And so I think that the technology has made the exchange of talent transparent and very easy and inexpensive. And almost everybody has a LinkedIn profile these days. It's, it's a kind of a calling card. And I, so I think more and more there's tools like that that allow people to share their expertise and become known for different things. And so I think that that's, that's the fundamental reason that it's, it's happening. And I, as I probably mentioned to you one other time, there've been a number of studies about the growth of the freelance economy or gig, gig workers. And the, an interesting estimate I saw not uh, just a couple of days ago was by 2027, the estimate is there are going to be more freelance workers in the United States than there are full-time employees. Mm. So there's an enormous trend towards this kind of work. And, and in some cases, people have full-time jobs, but they're also gigging or having a side hustle where they do independent work on the weekends or in the evenings that d- doesn't conflict with their full-time jobs. So there's a lot of different variations going on, which kind of brings me to the, the people that do the work. And initially, you know, in the in the in the mid. Oh, just say to around 2007 when we, you know, had the 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 challenging economic times, there were people who were what were called necessity entrepreneurs that that joined the 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 freelance marketplace because their company had downsized or whatever, and so it was thinking fresh about the skills they have and how could they. No longer employed by a big company, how could they take those skills and and bring them to the market in new ways and and Obviously, the technology I mentioned made it easier to bring those skills skills to market but there there are really all kinds of different people from millennials who prefer more flexible work arrangements from the get go to baby boomers that really aren 't excited about a nine to five job with a commute anymore but have amazing work experiences and they're not ready to hang up the saddle but they want to work more flexibly and many times remotely from wherever they want to live. And so you have you just have a lot of different people from both ends of the spectrums and then people that are just really seeking to do what they love and rather than being a generalist in a large company they want to be a specialist and do graphic design, you know, or, or whatever their specialty might be. And so more and more people are thinking fresh about the skills they have and how can they bring them to market. And it isn't always in a large company because you're not necessarily going to be focused on what you love doing the most. You're going to be doing a whole set of responsibilities. And you, you find people attracted to both. And uh, my particular interest in with my company is finding what I would call professional freelancers, people, many of, many of which have LLCs. They are professional at whatever they do, and that's not a temporary gig. It's not in between full-time jobs. It's really they are business owners, and I think that's actually one of the most intriguing aspects of the professional freelancer is they bring a business owner mentality to the table. They don't have an employment mentality, and I think that can be a real differentiator because they're interested in delivering results not just working X number of hours. They're really bottom line oriented. And I that that business owner mentality of professional freelancers is, is a, is a, is a real differentiator.
0: Mm, thank you. Wow. You just, you just shared so much great information just now. And it's got me thinking just about the opportunities that this brings forth to people who want to work and want to make a living. And it's, it's It just opens up, literally opens up the whole world to them, whereas it wasn't that long ago where opportunities like this just weren't available because the technology wasn't there. And yet what you're doing, this platform you're providing, and this opportunity you're providing to people who want to work and who are skilled in in these different areas, it's it's just so American, you know. It's like, it's, it's cool, you know. There's just like endless opportunities to make their own way, and you're helping to facilitate making that happen. And I, I think that's so exciting.
1: It, it it is, and it's there are just tons of Americans that are freelancing more and more. And I frankly I also see it inspiring to see many companies, countries around the world where there are so many entrepreneurial people with talent and because there's technology they can they can create logos from anywhere for example they can be a virtual assistant from anywhere and it, it just really allows a, a much freer exchange of talent if you have the talents you know and the merit to be awarded a job you you could be it's just a matter of you know having again that match of talent you know to need
0: yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I didn't mean to be like, I, I'm not a nationalist. Like I, well, I, I think just, it that way. what just... I meant was, um, <laughs> but it's, in, but it's true. You know, you, you're opening up the whole world. It's not just America, but we, I, but we do tend We're, we're, we're like enterprising people. And and I think it's just cool that, that there are less limits on what's possible these days. And I remember when my kids were small, I had a job where I worked at home doing subtitles for television and film and I could work at my own pace at any time of day or night as long as I met the deadlines. and that was the best job ever, because i i I enjoy writing i'm I've got good spelling and grammar. But most importantly, I could make money on my own schedule and take care of my kids. like that was what was important to me at the time, and it was perfect. and it's really cool that you're opening up the opportunities to, you know, people everywhere. And I don't want to keep harping on this point, but I just want to commend you for what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Well, it's, it's, it is really enriching to be able to match people. I mean, we have a couple of people that do virtual assistant work and, you know, they have special needs children and the mm-hmm. flexibility of, you know, doing virtual assistant work really has made a huge difference for them and they don't live in urban areas so you know the the number of jobs that would be available to them in any given area you know are reduced so and then that's another trend we really see is that people aren't confined to an urban area they can be a fabulous marketing and branding expert and and live in a remote area of a state as long as there's an internet connection they they can they can work which is you know, has got some benefits, too, you know, when you think about all the congestion of cities.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I well, as you know, I live in upstate New York in a near a small city. And where I personally live, there are cows and it's pretty rural. But <laughs> with my my core business, which is video production, we work with some small towns throughout New York state. And one of the things that many of these towns and villages want to do is promote themselves and attract people to move up from the cities and kind of homestead up here yeah. and, you know, get a property. But it's becoming increasingly possible to do all kinds of things. And you're helping, you know, I don't even know if you realize this, but companies like yours are helping to make that possible. And these little towns that maybe, you know, were dying back because industry left or whatever, they're beginning to see a resurgence because of companies like yours. So I don't even know if you realize that, but the impact and the implications are really huge.
1: Well, I actually had never really thought about that, but it's so true. I think a lot of people are attracted to just simpler living, lower cost of living. And I think you don't have to worry about attracting industry, scalable industry to a location. If you can create a great environment where people want to live there and there's good infrastructure for internet and that sort of thing, that you know there there just are more and more options for you know for municipalities too. I ha- hadn't really thought about that, but that's that's very true.
0: Yeah, it's a whole new economy. I, we worked with one small village up here on the Delaware River, and they have just put in super high-speed internet, and they were saying it's faster than if you're on Manhattan. So I don't know if that's true, but it, it's a big deal because they didn't have good internet not long ago. And so that really did limit what was possible and now suddenly the world really is open. So it's obviously the cost of living is cheaper in smaller places. So I, I wonder if we'll begin to see a real shift in where people are choosing to live when opportunities are, you know, available from anywhere. So that's very interesting.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's wonderful. So flipping the conversation a little bit to the companies who are hiring people through services like yours, are there any things that they have to really think about, like integrating these gig workers into their team or uh, legal implications? Like what do you advise them on how they can, can they structure their whole team with gig workers or what, what would be your typical advice for a, say a small company or a startup company?
1: Okay. That's a great question. I think that there are some, some fundamental things for hiring period that I, I always recommend, which is really thinking strategically about talent and what work needs to get done. Not so much, oh, I need marketing, but what specifically in marketing needs to get done? Do you have a social media site? You know, do you, Are you doing digital marketing or, or whatever it might be? And it's not just marketing. It's just what are the administ- administrative tasks that need to be done? Or, or is there a proposal process for your business? And you know, proposals need to be written and then followed up on. Um, It's really thinking about what are the components of work that need to be done. And when you have a sense of that, you can start thinking about, well, do I have people on staff that are skilled at doing those components or do I not? And then it gets back to what you were asking, you know, is core team versus a non-core team. And for the most part, I, I believe that companies need a core team. They need somebody... They need a team that you know, really believes in the brand and is helping them market that company and work with the customers, that whatever those kinds of customers are, that they're representing, building those relationships with customers. And I think there is, there is and always will be a place for a core team that is focused on the core value that a company delivers. But aside from that, I think it's really fertile ground to think about does something have to be done by an employee or could I get spot talent or a higher grade of talent that can come in and bring expertise to my team and, and help me deliver at a, at a higher level. And fr- frankly, something I call the blowfish effect, you know, the you can be a small fish, but if you bring in the right talent, you can kind of blow yourself up and be bigger and appear bigger, you know, in the marketplace, kind of like a blowfish does. And so I think that you know the judicious use of, of freelance talent can bring agility, talent, skills uh, to your core team that that you don't have to pay for full time. You just use them when when you need them. And I think that's you know really the best the best blend. In fact, I've heard that you know some studies have said that you know teams that can make the best use of core and flexible freelance talent in combination will be the winners. They'll be more agile going forward because customer taste is always changing. And how do you anticipate it all? And by having a nimble organization, I think makes your business more agile and and able to adapt. But there are are considerations and and I I don't call them, you know, pros and cons. They're just considerations that need to be factored into that decision, decision-making. Generally speaking, a freelancer is not a substitute for relationship building or someone that's 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 delivering on the core value that they're they tend to work more in support roles or in the periphery and and there are some you know i r s and some department of labor type regulations about that that if somebody is working for you and delivering a core piece of your value proposition that that's probably an employee, not a contractor, a contractor you know, is, 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 is not somebody that's, the, the, the contractor is somebody that's, that's doing more non-core work. And there are also some considerations that if you hire an independent contractor, there's less control over that work. You know, you're, you ha- you're in perfectly right to say, I want this done by such and such a time, but you turn over the actual, you know, mechanics of doing the work to the freelance expert that you hire. And freelance experts often have more than one client. So they're managing a portfolio of clients, not just dedicated to you. And so I think those are some considerations that can be worked through. Just, they, people need to be conscious about that. And then the, the last thing would be really around using talent that is remote, and and that's not just freelance talent. More and more companies are letting their employees work remote, you know, a couple of days a week or sometimes 100%. And that's just developing a new skill set as well as developing or integrating new tools, whether it's conferencing, you know, using Skype or video conferencing, whatever it might be, but thinking about ways to integrate freelance talent and a core team together so they work together as a team because the freelancers they'll embrace the brand. They'll they will be a, a critical part of your team if they're treated like team members. And so it's thinking about how you structure these relationships and and make sure the core team doesn't view freelancers as a threat, but as somebody that's going to bring value and 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 help deliver more to the market. So I think it's just thinking strategically about work, you know, what components of work should be done by a core team member versus a, a contract team member and thinking about how the leadership of the company can set set the tone for this is the way of work in the future and, and how do we allow both full-time, potentially on-site people, enjoy some of the freedoms that the contract talent does so that they come together as a team to create value uh, for a business.
0: Mm. Yeah, very interesting. I'm just curious – do you have more of a challenge finding work for the freelancers or freelancers for the work? I mean, obviously your business is scalable, but what what do you have more challenges with?
1: The challenge for us is really finding more and more clients that that understand the agility that freelance quality vetted virtual freelance talent can bring their business and thinking through how to make that happen. It's very easy to find great freelancers. I mean, there's so many places in the market, you know, that they market their talents that uh, that's not hard at all. So and, and plus what we specifically do is we try to find a very custom match. And so we're always looking for people that go well beyond the core need, but, you know, really are a fit from a skill, experience, cost and cultural perspective. And so we need to cast a broad net to find that kind of person, and it's not necessarily always somebody that's already on our platform. We'll go. We do a lot of recruiting on LinkedIn uh, to to find the right mix of, of talent. Mm. So for us, our our primary focus is we are a client focused company. You know, we're geared to help the the employer, the person that has the work, has the job we help them organize that so they know what they need and then we go find it for them. And there's plenty of really terrific freelancers that, you know, are looking, they like having a client curated, frankly, as well, because we're working hard with the client to make sure their job specifications are clear, for example. And uh, if, if a, A business isn't necessarily skillful at writing a job description or thinking through what are all the ramifications or project managing, whatever it might be, it makes it harder for the freelancer to be successful. So we've really found that being kind of the intermediary, even though we're focused primarily on developing clients that have work that they need talent for, for, we end up facilitating the match between both parties. So both are more successful.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's very interesting learning more about your business model and what you're looking for, because my wheels are spinning too of, of the many people I know who could benefit from using you. So that's very, very good. Elizabeth, we're about out of time, unfortunately, but it was really great talking with you. What is a good way for people to get in touch with you?
1: Just go to our website, which is um, resultsresourcing.com. We named the company that deliberately because we're interested in resourcing results. And I apologize now for the New York City lullaby that's occurring. We have an ambulance going by. Our whole purpose is to help small and mid-sized businesses achieve the results they want and by accessing the right resources. So we named the company Results Resourcing for exactly that reason.
0: Oh, perfect. Thank you. And thanks for explaining that, too. I should have asked you that up front. So, Elizabeth, it was amazing talking to you today. I will post links to your website and your LinkedIn and any other social media on our website, which is ellenbarton.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And check that out. Tune in again next week for another episode of the podcast that's designed to help your business make a dynamic upward pivot. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Ellen. Have a great day. Thank you, too. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com, where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online
1: classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions, real results.